everyone and welcome to the Levantex podcast. We have some interesting news to tell you. We are working with a wonderful organization. We are currently in the talks and we have a guest with us today called Vittoria who represents Hague Times Beirut. Now that is the Hague Peace Project. She's going to tell us more about that and all the different things that she's got coming up. So Vittoria, please, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for having me on this show. And um, yeah, the Hague Times Beirut is uh, it's a, an art fundraiser uh, done in collaboration with uh, 20 uh, Lebanese artists. And it aims to support the basic needs of uh, three selected human rights defenders based, uh, based in Beirut. Why did you choose to do this? What sparked this whole collaboration and support of the activists in Beirut? And how far back does this go? This goes very far back. It's been a long journey. Um, I myself am not Lebanese. Uh, I studied the, the Middle East and I've traveled to, to Lebanon and to the rest of the Middle East. Um, I got interested in the, in the Lebanese scene and I started following it. Um, I have a background in, in communication and uh, I've always gave a, a big importance to, to activism and as well as to art. Uh, so during the past year, I was following up with uh, with what was happening throughout uh, 2019 and then 2020, and um, it it was very rough for for me to see um, such a such a different reality, uh, such a important um, happenings, and and not being able to support people that were fighting for the same values that I stand for, no? Um, so this is how, uh, this is what some of the things that uh, helped me develop my personal relationship with, uh, with Lebanon. And, and then the Hague Times Beirut itself was born uh, in, in September 2020 uh after the explosion uh i was uh, i was following up with what was happening and i was uh you know uh following up with many activists and people that were on the streets uh and i was seeing you know the the lives uh of uh, of the protests and uh in in that moment during those weeks i was uh in contact with uh with the hate peace projects i was just going through the onboarding process and um and i thought you know what uh this is an opportunity to to help out and to actually do something i happen to have a lot of uh, powerful tools which come with you know being in a European NGO, being in The Hague, in the Netherlands, you know. Can I just um, interrupt you for a second? Um, I'm curious to know, so you you developed this relationship with Lebanon, you traveled the Middle East, you have an affinity with uh, the Arab culture, shall we say, or the Levant culture. I'm not, I'm not too sure which one you related <laughs> to the most. And I'm, I'm going to probably yeah. assume that the reason why Beirut stuck was because it's very close to uh, Europe but it, is, uh, it does have old Arab traditional values and stuff like that. So it's a good halfway 
uh, place. I mean, I'm half English, half Lebanese, and that's why I mm -hmm. choose to reside in Lebanon because I, I, I found an affinity with the country. But going back to uh, how it spurred you to want to sort of create this initiative and you still hadn't been uh, you still hadn't been onboarded at the NGO so <laughs> I, how did they take to that were they were, were they shocked and and how did they react thinking you know with Beirut important enough I mean how did that go yeah that that was um when I pitched the idea for the first time um, I was already, uh, let's say, in a friendly relationship with the team of the of the Hate Peace Project. They had already, they were already warmed up a little bit about uh, about me and my ideas. <laughs> um, and um, actually, no, they were not really uh, outraged or you know shocked or questioning too much because. Uh, uh, they understood that um, that my idea had potential, and um, uh, and their question was not whether is Beirut important enough. You know, it's it's their first project in Beirut. Like the whole network of you know organizations and people that we worked with, we built it since September. So they had no no fit in there, no interest in there. It's all new. Um, but the the question was. So are human rights being uh, uh, tackled there? Are people uh, working on the front line? And can we do anything to help? The fact that we have to help is, is not really in question at, uh, at any point. Um, you know, the Hate Peace Project is completely based on this idea that, uh, that uh, there's many tools that uh, if we put communities together, we can, uh, we can sort of uh, make more effective uh, actions to build peace and, uh, and human rights. So for them, it was, uh, it was a very nice fire starter. Definitely. I mean, it's so great. I'm so inspired by what you did. And uh, I'm sure this story is going to resonate well with a lot of people, especially the Lebanese living abroad that haven't managed to maybe even try to achieve half of what you've achieved which is uh, which is absolutely wonderful now um vittoria tell us at what stage are you at now how much money have you raised for the activists what's the plan since september we had to reevaluate things and restructure the project a few times due to you know corona obviously like uh, like always <laughs> Um, but um, now we're at a very good point where we have a selection of four activists that are applying for our basic income program. The, uh, there's, a, there's a vote coming up where these activists will be selected uh, and out of four, only three uh, will, will be picked. This is not because we like the number three, it's just uh, that this is a pilot, so we don't want to overshoot too much. Um, we have amazing canvases. The, the website is built and people can find the canvases there. They can find the stories of the activists and, and all information regarding, you know, the team, the project, the organization and everything. Uh, and then we have an ongoing series of events. Uh, we have live uh, Instagram interviews with collaborators and activists, as well as uh, a big networking event which is going to come at the end of april and um 
and this is where we got now in terms of organization there's uh we are starting to work on on a photographic book that is going to come up in in some months in about two months and i'm very excited about that and the thing is we haven't traced that much yet <laughs> so we set all the basics and you know you you need some bases to start with you need to make sure that everything is ready and then you can start presenting it to people you can start talking about it to people um, but, but just one question when you when you're looking at raising this money uh is this crowdfunded or are you looking for bursaries and grants I mean, how are you going about raising the money our main objective is to provide the basic needs of the human rights defenders which means that if we can get them grants or funds from from organizations um as long as these organizations comply with our um behavior code and uh, and code value um that that's not a problem at all we don't mind whether if it's fundraised or uh or you know or if it goes through grants uh but when people purchase the canvases the price of the canvas allows them to not just help uh, the activists, but also support the activists that we collaborate with. Because within the price of the canvas, we uh, structured it so that the payment can be split in two and, and that we can uh, support more people through the canvas. So it really depends on, you know, what people have most at heart so if uh, and what they have available you know if they're moving if they want to have a new piece to decorate uh, their house and um, the canvas is a very nice solution also if they if they connect with the art we have very nice artists we have Beirut by Dyke we have graffiti artists such as Pat too or or Cabrit, we have a lot of nice collaborations. So it really depends. Um, and then with the photo book, the photo book is gonna be nice. I'm very excited about that. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's going to be a recount of what happened between October 2019 and October 2020. And this is going to be told from the, um, perspective of our activists, collaborators, and artists on the ground. It's going to go through uh, social media material, and it's going to connect it, and it's going to uh, give a nice overview of the main themes and the main happenings of, of the year. And uh, that photo book, you can purchase it and then the funds will go also directly to the activists. They will not be uh, split with the artists. For those that not necessarily or question your method or not too sure how the money is transferred to the activists, I mean, are you, what, what if the activists are put in jail and you can't access them and they, they need bail? Do you, are you in contact with lawyers here? How, how are you actually handling these situations and how are you actually you know, uh, protecting the rights of these activists in order to make sure that no harm comes to them. Because being based in um, the Netherlands and in The Hague, you are quite far away. Maybe news travels, um, you could get news two days after the activist is, is arrested. So how are you actually managing to do your work efficiently? 
Yeah, um, it's it's very important to um, make to to care for safety when one goes into activism. No? So uh, we're working with the activists uh, also in this sense. And uh, we have contacts with lawyers. We have we are in contact with human rights lawyers. Um, obviously, we are a, a very young uh, initiative. So if anyone wants to reach out and to offer their services, we will be more than open and welcome to you know any help really because uh, the idea is to join forces and really help each other to get this done um and and these people really need like all the support that uh, that they can get it's tricky it's a tricky situation because um you know when you're not in the country you really have to uh make sure that you do what is possible to help and that you uh, make people aware of the dangers that they're running and how to um, to uh, to not incur them or to have uh, some sort of way to act against them. No, um, this is something that um, that is a very big concern for us, uh, but that in in everyday development is uh is very tricky to achieve i think it's just interesting to understand how the bridge is going to finally connect and you know you're going to be able to efficiently make the change or, or support where needed um with no one on the ground you're directly in contact with the activists so the money that is raised and that is funded or, or the grants that are given are going directly into their bank accounts or are you money transferring it because of all the capital control that's going on in the country how is that working out yeah so because of the um, because of the uh the capital control of the banks uh, in Lebanon, uh, we're going, we're transferring money through Western Union so far. This is uh, how we've also paid the artists so far. Uh, so this is how we've sent payments. And um, these activists, uh, they're not just people that we know, obviously. They're, they're people that uh, have been referred to us with talked about uh, them with others, we uh, asked around, uh, we managed to develop many nice collaborations with people that have been very active on the ground. So in that sense, we have a network of trusted people that we can count on and that, you know, believe in what we're trying to do and, and are helping us uh to to get there with their with their inputs with their volunteering you know with their time this could get worse for you in the end so uh, i mean as the worst as not for you per se but for the people in lebanon i mean the situation is just getting worse and worse and worse so yeah i guess uh, on your <laughs> on your side you're going to have to just find a lot of creative solutions and loopholes to be able to consistently be able to have this relationship um with those on the ground. So very, very, very impressed with what you're doing. Um, super inspired by the passion and the love that you have for the country and what you're trying to do um, all the way from the Netherlands. 
and uh, as as you say in French, you know, chapeau bas, like uh, my hat's off to you. So, um, Vittoria, is there anything that's coming up recently that you would like to shed light on? Yeah, so um, if you want to get to know the activists and if you want to keep an eye on what they're doing and, uh, you know, keep an eye on the latest developments on Lebanon too, uh, we are putting out each week these uh, live interviews with them where we ask a little bit about what they do and you know uh, the themes that they have the most at heart uh, so for example last week we talked with uh, Hanadi Jawadi she's a humanitarian activist and she's uh, the peace uh, ambassador to the Universal Peace Council and she uh, has talked to us about her work at the, at the Red Cross and the need for uh, for more food, for example, uh, because of the price issue that and the liquidity issue that are going on at the moment. Um, we talked with Khdor. Uh, Khdor Aido is one of the other four uh, activists and uh, he's been working a lot on corruption. So for example, he uh, talked to us about um, the latest developments of this week, uh, of these weeks in regards to uh, the arrest of the activists that were protesting in Tripoli. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure most of listeners are also aware uh, of what happened and he was updating us on um, how many of these people were released why what happened the thing is that they're his friends you know they're they're people that uh he worked next to uh uh for for a long time so he's been putting a lot of uh, a lot of effort into this and he's been you know coordinating with the lawyers and and updating everyone so this, I think, is very interesting material uh, for, for people to check out. And uh, it's a series. So now we're, we're going to talk with uh, Mustafa uh, Zaibi, who is focusing a lot on um, um, recording the, uh, the protests that are happening in the blockages of the streets of, of these past weeks. We're, uh, and we're going to talk with uh, uh, with Carlos. Um, Carlos Ayvazian is a 19 years old uh, activist that just doesn't have uh, any other option than being an activist. No? The idea for him is to get him enough funds to get him in university. Um, because, uh, yeah, he, did, he wants to uh, make Lebanon a better place so that other people don't have to go through the traumas that he had to go through. Uh, and, you know, like just, just the events uh, that are coming up, uh, check if you like what we're doing, uh, if you want to help, if you can help. <laughs> you know, I think there are always ways to, to make everything, you know, to make collaboration more effective and to and to enlarge it as well. Vittoria, thank you so much for being with us today. I mean, it's been such a great conversation. I've learned a lot. And for those who do want to get in touch, um, I have been in contact with them uh, via Instagram. They're extremely responsive. 
So just get in touch and see how you can help or donate. And if you're on the ground and want to secure uh, communication with the artists and the uh, activists, I'm sure Vittoria will appreciate all of the help. And while I have your attention, we too are a crowdfunded organization. So as Vittoria just mentioned, you know, every little does help. You can head to levantex.com to place a one-time payment or set up a monthly fee. Now, Vittoria, thank you once again for being with us today. Thank you.